0: well good morning again and uh, I am amiss that I should have introduced myself earlier for those of you that are visiting I am Pastor Todd I'm the lead pastor here at Glad Tidings and again welcome and our children are making their way out and uh, they're gonna have a great time downstairs and in the meantime uh, we're gonna look at the scriptures we're gonna read together now if you're visiting with us today um, our tradition is that we read the scriptures together And so I'm going to get everybody to stand, and our text today is one from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verses 36 to 49, and I've sort of entitled this today, Easter Transactions, and I'm going to read the yellow, and uh, you're going to read the white, and uh, if you're just visiting, don't feel pressured, just kind of relax and uh, feel at home, and uh, we're going to just share the scriptures together. And this is what it says. Soon. Very, very soon. There it is. And Jesus himself stood among them. Of course, this is after the resurrection. This is in the evening of Sunday night, or Sunday. And Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. And then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. Did everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled? Done. Let's pray together. Father, again, we give pause to thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives and for the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit that makes all of that possible, available, and applicable to us. And so we ask that you would give us a voice to speak, ears to hear, minds to understand, hearts to comprehend, and particularly as we go out from this place, as we leave this property. And Lord, as we go out into our families and our neighborhoods, our marriages, Lord, as we, where we buy and get our services and where we go to work and where we, um, where we get our education, Lord, we pray that you would help us by that same spirit to live out our faith that we profess in tangible, meaningful, and practical ways as followers of Jesus Christ, we pray, Amen. Why don't you be seated? Easter is about change. Easter changed our world. Matter of fact, Easter changed history. And we know that it split time from BC to AD or from BCE to CE. Easter changed even Jesus. Jesus was different because of Easter and the disciples. Easter also changed the disciples, and Easter changes us. For many of us in this room, for many of us watching online, we have been changed because of Easter. But more than that, Easter says that we can change because Easter is God's invitation to us. And what's the invitation? The invitation is simply this, to a changed life. Now, most of us think that we're you know, pretty decent people. And I have no doubt believing that we are nice persons. But it's nothing compared to what we could be. That we were made for more than we are right now. Now, some of us think that if we change something external, that somehow that makes us, will bring the difference that we're looking for. But it's not always the case. Because the change that Easter is about is more than externals there are all kinds of products cosmetics and exercise gadgets that are designed to help us change but the change that they are offering to us is not the change that we need it cannot affect real change because it starts with externals but what Easter focuses on is internals if we want change. It does not start with our bodies. It does not start with our behavior. It starts with our minds being opened. Now that's what our text is about. The text that we read a moment ago, Jesus appears to them and he says, why are you troubled? Why do, you, do doubts rise in your minds? Now, if you, read that, if you read the story in Luke's gospel in the NIV, it goes something like this. Jesus says, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your minds? Our text says hearts. The NIV uses the words minds. And then verse 45 says that then Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. That's what Easter is all about. It's about an inside change that takes place within us. We have been willing to have our minds opened or should I ask the question are we willing to have our minds open to the possibility that God exists Are we willing to have our minds open to the possibility that he loves us that he cares for us to the possibility that he knows everything about our life to the possibility that He knows our problems and what we are going through and that He can help us. That He has the power to do what we have not been able to do ourselves, to bring about the change that we have not been able to do on our own. And our text says, That if God can raise Jesus from the dead, and if God can open the tomb, then He can open our minds and help us to come to that possibility. But what causes our minds to be closed? I think that hurt can cause our minds to be closed to God. If we have been hurt by a Christian... Or we have been hurt by the church. When we get hurt by other people, we have a tendency to close our mind to God. Pride. Pride can cause us to close our minds. We may not even want to be open to God. Maybe we want to be God, at least of our own lives. We may want to run our own life and do our own thing, and pride and ego causes our mind to be closed to God. And then fear. Now fear is what our text is about. In John's account of the resurrection... In John chapter 19, verse 20, this is what it says. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. And Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. You see, the disciples' minds and hearts were as closed to God as the doors were closed to the room that they were staying in. Fear can cause us to be closed-minded toward God. We might think, well, I'm afraid to open my mind to God because maybe He's going to make me some religious nut. Well, that's not going to happen. But Easter... Is about change. It's about the possibility of being able to start again, to start over. And it starts by having our minds open. And then there's this. Easter is about exchange. That in our text, It tells us that Jesus exchanged the closed minds and hearts and lives of the disciples for open ones, that he exchanged their fear for peace, and this is grace. Someone has said that grace is when God gives us what we need instead of what we deserve, Grace is when God forgives us and gives us another chance, and another chance, and another chance. chance. That grace is the power of, that God gives us to change when we cannot change on our own. That's grace. Now, we all need grace. Grace. But you have probably discovered, like I have discovered, is that we do not always experience grace from each other. And we don't always experience grace from other people. David Hegler is a baseball umpire. And uh, he tells a story about driving through Bowler, Colorado on a very snowy day and he's driving too fast and a policeman pulls him over. And he says in his, uh, he says in his article, he says, I, I, tr- I, tried, I tried to talk him out of giving me a ticket. I, I argued that I was worried about my insurance going up and that I'm normally a careful driver and I normally don't speed. And he said, I begged for grace. I begged him. And the policeman said, well, if you don't like it, you can go to court. Well, the first game after, after the winter came, the first baseball game, I was umpiring behind home plate. And the first batter up was this policeman. he recognized me and i recognized him and he nervously asked me he said hey h- how did things work out with that ticket and Hegler said i stared at him and then i said swing at everything <laughs> we don't always experience grace from one another We don't always experience grace from other people. But there's also this. Even when it comes to God's unconditional love and grace, we think that we've got to help Him out. So for example, we get a gift from somebody to either get our vehicle cleaned or get our house cleaned. And before the cleaning service shows up or we bring our vehicle to them, what do we do? We clean up our car or our house because we don't want the cleaning service to think that we are slobs. Well, God already knows that I'm a slob. We think before we can open up our minds and our hearts, and our lives to accept God's grace, we've got to get our act together. That we cannot come to God as we are because we are such a mess. That we cannot come to God unless we fix some things. Unless we get all of the bad things out of our lives and all the good things are lined up wrong. God says, come to me. Bring the good, the bad, the ugly, the embarrassing, the stuff that you're ashamed of, and the stuff that people don't even know about. Bring it to me and we'll work on it together. But we argue, you don't know what I have done. Nope. And I'm probably glad I don't. But God does. God does. God knows, excuse me, every single detail of our life. Of my life, of your life. Everything we have done and everything we have not done. And even some of us who have some experience under our belt. In other words, those of us who are old, we think it's too late and God says it's never too late I will help you so Easter is about change it's about an exchange but Easter is also about the extent of God's love when Jesus is hanging on the cross on Good Friday. Nobody there at the base of the cross knew how wealthy he was. He was God. He is the creator of the universe. That means that he owns everything. He owns the world. Matter of fact, he owns the hill that the cross is on. He even owns the wood and the nails that they are using to crucify him. Why did he do that? Well, Paul answers that question for us in 1 Corinthians, or rather 2 Corinthians, chapter 8, verse 9. For you know, for you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor so that You by his poverty might become rich. Jesus Christ became poor so that I, so that you, so that we could become rich. Now, it's not talking about money and it's not talking about wealth. It's talking about forgiveness and peace with God and peace with ourselves and peace with the people who love us most and whom we love the most and peace with the world around us. Because Easter is an encounter with the full measure of God's love. John Stott said, Only one act of pure love, unsullied by any taint of ulterior motive has ever been performed in the history of the world, namely the self-giving of God in Christ on the cross for undeserving sinners. That Easter is about an encounter with the full measure of God's love. Every person, every person who has experienced or has encountered or has had has had an encounter with the living Christ were overwhelmed and changed by Easter in one way or another. The very first witnesses, the soldiers, Mary. John, the two on the road to Emmaus, Thomas and Peter, and the rest of the people in our text. To the Apostle Paul. And even down to people in this room, to us in this room, and those that are watching online. Do we know what that means? Do we understand what that says rob campbell in his book dance with me daddy tells this story it's a little graphic so just hold on jenny grew up on a cherry orchard near traverse city michigan her parents a little old-fashioned Tended to overreact to her nose ring and her music and the way that she dressed. And then one night, in an argument with her father, she screamed, I hate you and I never want to see you again. And that night she ran away catching a bus to Detroit. The second day in Detroit, she met a man with the biggest car she said that she had ever seen. He offered her a ride, and bought her lunch, and gave her a place to stay, and he gave her some pills that made her feel better than she had ever felt ever before in her life. The good life continued for about a year. The man, who she now called Boss, taught her a few things that men like, and since she was underage, they would pay a premium for her. She lived in a penthouse, and she ordered room service whenever she wanted. But after a year, she became ill and her boss became mean. And soon she was out on the streets without a penny to her name. The little money that she did make turning tricks went to support her habit. And one freezing night, On the streets of Detroit, sleepless and hungry, Jenny was overwhelmed with a longing to go home to the cherry orchards, to a warm bed, and to her golden retriever. Sobbing, she called home three times only to get the answering machine. The third time, She left a message. She said, Mom and Dad, it's me. I want to come home. I'm catching the bus, and I'll get there about midnight tomorrow night at the station. If you're not there, I'll guess I'll just stay on the bus to Canada. On the seven-hour bus ride home, Jenny began to have doubts. What will I say? What will they think? Will they even show up? Will they even be there at the station? When the bus finally rolled into the small station, the driver announced, 15 minutes. We only have 15 minutes at this station. 15 minutes. And Jenny thought, 15 minutes to decide my life. She nervously checked how she looked in the little compact mirror. And as she walked into the terminal, nothing could have prepared her for what she saw. Forty people at midnight standing there. Uncles, aunts, cousins, brother and sister, mom and dad and grandparents, and all of them in silly party hats. Blowing silly noisemakers, holding banners, and a huge banner that stretched across the entire terminal that said, Welcome home. As her eyes filled with tears, her dad lunged forward out of the crowd to grab her. And she said, Oh, Daddy, I am so sorry. I and her dad said, Shh. We don't have any time for apologies. You're going to be late for the party that we have planned for you at home. This is the full measure of God's love. This is what Easter is about. The full extent of God's love. The Bible says that every time one of us come home, every time a sinner comes home, God throws a party. Luke tells us this. He says this is Jesus speaking. He says there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. David Benner puts it this way. He says life has a direction. It is returning to its source. The overflowing vitality and love of God that is life itself leads back toward God. This is the key to understanding the human journey. And until we, until you, until I understand that, life will not make sense. This Is what Easter is about. We can come home. We can go home. And we can change. We can go home. We can come home. And we can change. Because Jesus Christ is alive. And He is in this room today and speaking to our hearts through the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for just a moment. I'm going to ask you musicians to come. And here's what I want to ask. I want to ask us today, are we open? Are our minds open to the possibility of change? To the reality that Christ will create an exchange. He will take whatever it is that we've got that holds us back. He'll take our sin. He'll take our shame. He'll take our guilt. And He'll give us peace for it. And I know this is true because I personally have felt the weight of sin lift off my shoulders. I have felt what it's like to give my sin to Christ and feel like I've had a spiritual bath like I've taken a shower in his grace and peace so if you're watching online this morning or you're sitting in this room and you have never said yes to God's offer of love and forgiveness I want you to know that God is inviting you, inviting you to come home. He's inviting you to open your mind, your heart, your life to the possibility of change and transformation. For those of us that are sitting here and we've got baggage, you know what I mean by that. If you're anything like I am, grew up in church been in church all my life and sometimes Christians are not that nice and sometimes we misinterpret what people say and do it's not always somebody else's fault but maybe you've been hurt and you're just here this morning because you're visiting with family and and well my family dragged me here and that's okay but maybe it's possible that in the dragging of you by your family that this might be a divine appointment where God has brought you here to hear the full extent of his love And maybe we are Christians. Maybe we've been Christians for a long time. I've been a Christian, I think, for, I don't know, 35, 40 years, I guess, now. And maybe we've closed our minds a bit. We've closed our hearts and what we need is a fresh touch of his presence, a fresh encounter with the risen Christ and his love. And maybe there are others of us watching online and in the room this morning and you're somewhere in between all of those things. And maybe you're in between all of those things. I don't know. You know your situation. God does. God wants you to know on this Easter Sunday 2019 that Easter is about change. That Easter is about exchange. And Easter is about an encounter with the full extent of God's love, the full measure of God's love. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a moment just to be quiet, just a private moment. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand. I'm not going to ask anybody to come forward. But I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit is working in your heart the way he's working in my heart, and I know that he is. And that's enough But I want you to close your eyes. And I just want you to open your mind, your heart, your life to the possibility of change, of an exchange, of an encounter with the full measure of God's love. Father, We give you praise and we give you thanks today that Jesus Christ is alive. We celebrate his risenness. And he is alive today as I am or anybody else in this room. We ask now that the Holy Spirit in this moment would just speak to our hearts individually and our lives and our minds individually and the Holy Spirit would help us open our minds, to open our hearts and to open our lives to Easter and what it means. We may not understand it all, Lord, but that's who does, who does, but change is possible. Exchange is possible because of the full measure of the love of God. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would speak to us today and there would be a number of yeses. I say yes to God's offer of love and forgiveness. I say yes to the possibility of my mind opened and my heart opened and my life opened to the full measure of God's love in Jesus Christ. Have your way, Lord, in this place we pray. Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to stand with me and Pastor Scott and the team are just going to lead us in a song and then we're going to conclude in just a minute or two.
1: Still, the rage in is still, every wave. At your name, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear, Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Breathe, breathe. Call these bones to live. Call these lungs to see once again. I will praise, breathe. Call these bones to live these lungs to sing once again I will praise Jesus Jesus you make the darkness tremble Jesus Jesus You silence fear Jesus Jesus you make the darkness tremble Jesus Jesus, uh, cause your name, cause your name is a light that the shadows can't deny, your name Jesus, you make the darkness tremble Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear Jesus, 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 you make the darkness tremble Jesus, Jesus
0: I would imagine, I would imagine on Easter Sunday morning when Jesus got up from the dead darkness trembled. would not you think hey listen every year thousands of people cross the line you know what they say god i'm coming home god i'm coming back to you and i pray that this easter sunday that that's your prayer and if you do this is all you're going to hear welcome home welcome
1: home welcome home happy easter everybody